Yo, welcome to your new favorite podcast. That's a tough one with one of your hosts, me, JD, and me, Morgan. Hey. Hello. Hey, tell me about ourselves. So, we are a couple. Oh, we are. Who share a lot of interests, mm-hmm. some shared opinions, some we disagree on. I'm usually right. <laughs> and that means we like to talk about all things trending. From TikTok to viral tweets on Twitter to YouTube to Reddit posts. And news stories. News stories too. Current events and topics. Yes. And so we thought, well, we like to banter. Why not do like everybody else is doing and turn our fascinating conversations (laughs) into a podcast? Oh, man. So hopefully it turns out great, which I know it will. We're part of the Alternative Network podcast. We got all the podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Hopefully, you enjoy this first episode, and if you have any questions, if you have any stories you want to hear us talk about, feel free to tweet us, and we will try to get your topic on the show. Twitter will be in the description. Go there, tweet us. There'll be an emails there. Emails us. <laughs> emails us. Emails us, <laughs> man. We want to talk to people. I like people. Yeah. Yes. So, what are we going to start talking about first? So, would you like to... Yeah, I discuss talk. a topic that you found first. Yes. Okay. My favorite topic: teachers having sex with students. Mm. We got to stop it. What's headline? Ex teacher who said she had a constitutional right to sex with students gets prison. This came out July 6, twenty twenty one. I think it was written, written in the New York Post by Tamara Lappin. Oh wow! Yes. And what my teacher did, she, former Alabama teacher, okay. back in like 2017, she was like, uh, I'm going to have sex with like two different students. Now, is this grammar school, high school? High school. They were okay. 17 and 18. Sorry for those of you who did not grow up in the Midwest grammar school, it's elementary you school. You know why says grammar school? We in the South. <laughs> we used to shout. Okay. And she from the she from double South. But yeah, she just, she got caught. Well, she got arrested in 2016. Mm-hmm. For having sex with the 17 to 18 year old. And actually, they had passed a state law about engaging with sex with somebody under 19 who's a student. Right. And her argument was, well, they're violating my rights because technically in Alabama, the age of consent is 16. Mm. So it, it got thrown out by the first judge. And she was like, yeah, I won. But it then went to appealance court. Right. They were like, oh, no, you can't be fucking the students. Mm. You're the teacher. It's kind of important. And just so we know, she's a 40, 47-year-old uh, white lady. It's usually, wow. it's usually white white woman that keep having sex with these students. The ones that get, the ones that get arrested and caught, yes. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> I think most of us, if we went to high school, we had at least... One rumor about a certain teacher and a certain student that liked each other or flirted or in some cases even got married after the one student graduated and turned 18. So I think it's more common Oh yeah. than, uh, you know, the people who get arrested for it is rare, but it definitely happened. Yeah, I definitely knew, know a teacher who made it up to pretty high on the school board now that mm. soon, soon, as soon as graduation happened... Oh, it just so happens they started a relationship. We just fell in love. <laughs> Two weeks after graduation. <laughs> but they currently aren't together anymore. Oh, but okay. my lady, she definitely can't be having sex with students. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, what's her name? Carrie Cabri Witt. Ooh. She got sentenced to 18 months behind bars and another 18 months in community corrections program. Was Carrie married by, does it say by any chance? It does not say her marriage life from 2016. Mm-hmm. But 
still probably shouldn't be. Definitely not. And um, I guess my first thought is, yes, legally, you have like laws about consent. But professionally, and this is coming from somebody that is a psychologist, not yet licensed. Um, so anything I say on the show is my personal opinion. It's not therapy. It's not to take the place of therapy. Um, I, I like it. I like therapy. I like when you tell me things. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. But we have like like psychologists and most people in professions where you have to get licensed. We have a code of ethics you have to follow, and there are lots and lots and lots of guidelines about sexual relationships because of the power dynamic and it's the same thing as you know um, police officers or psychologists or teachers or anything you have power over that person whether you try to have it or not and so if a person is in charge of your grades and you graduating in your future or just making your experience in school living hell for until you graduate they have a lot of power over you and not to mention the fact that just the power dynamic of her being much older and having had romantic relationships and dated and things like that. So I definitely feel like you have to consider kind of like the morality and ethics behind it, which is, I'm assuming is probably why they passed the law. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it has to be, cause you're a teacher, you're in the school. Like she was a, a varsity cheer coach. Yeah. She was a, a golf coach. Like you're around these kids. Like, to yeah. to try to have a relationship with somebody that they trust you. Yeah, you you have so mm-hmm. much control over every every aspect right. of, of their life at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, they don't, like you said, they don't know any better. Yeah, it, it might be their first romantic relationship, or they may not even be comfortable with the romantic relationship. But it's like, especially sometimes as a you know as a boy, you may try to go tell somebody, and they might be like, "Oh, you hooking up with the teacher? Like, you don't want to talk to the teacher? You don't want to date the teacher? Like." You know, it's so much stigma around that and not a lot of support for boys who don't want to engage in sexual activities with their teacher. It's just so much gray area that you just shouldn't do it. I like her A for effort for doing everything to get it thrown out. She's like, well, they're violating my right to privacy. They're violating my 14th Amendment. Take your and L. Take, it's, it's, it's a big L, but at the end of the day, you can't. You can't fuck the students. It, it's so what? simple. Yeah, and you know what you could have did? If you like 18-year-old boys, you could have went over to the next city or the next county or wherever and hooked up with all the little 18-year-olds on Tinder that you could have hooked up with, and that wouldn't have violated any... Well, I mean, you said have been a trash person, but, like, you no, know... No, hey, hey, if she wants to go to with an 18-year-old that's not under her care... Yeah. Cause I, I send my I send when I if I had a if I had a child and I sent them to school under your care I don't suspect you I don't want you to get in a, a relationship relationship with them no 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 I don't care yeah. if they're even in, in college it's a weird dynamic because mm-hmm. you still hold power if they're going to be under you within your program or in your, especially in your class yeah definitely even if they're not in your class you're still a teacher so you can write them up you may not be like outright saying if you don't have sex with me I'm going to do ABC but you could be implying it you know and maybe those kids did express an interest in her but they're still 17 or 18 year olds they don't know what they're doing you know yeah I guess l- lucky for her she gets to serve most of her sentence on probation wow because it says she was sentenced to 10 years but it says she 
be spending the 18 months behind bars and the other 18 months in the correction program. So, Which is wild to me because she's not remorseful. No, no. She said they violated her rights. It's a, yeah. And she entered a, she did, she did plead guilty, but she entered a, what they call a blind plea where she doesn't, they negotiate that she'll plead guilty and, but they don't come to terms on what her sentence will be. So I'm Girl, like. she gotta be ashamed of yourself. All, even, it's 18 year old boys who are in college. Yeah. You know what I mean? So many. Oh, she. You know, she just wanted the thrill of having that that little boy be in close to her, so she can control him. Mm-hmm. He can like, if I call him right now, hey, snap mm-hmm. her fingers, he'll come right over. I agree. I think it's that. I think it's the thrill of like, ooh, are we doing something where we could potentially get in, get caught? This is naughty. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to do this. So I think that's like sexually exciting. And then I also think it's a lot. I won't say a lot. This might be a controversial opinion, but it's some people who were not popular in high school and they were not like the it guy or the it girl who everybody wanted to date. And then they become teachers and they go back to school and they suddenly have the opportunity to like get that attention and kind of be involved in the it crowd where they weren't when they were in school. And so it's like they kind of re get to like relive like this fantasy of being like, well, now the boys are looking at me. You know, the popular boys are trying to, like, be around me. Or this bad boy who, like, never paid me attention in high school. Oh, here's one in my class. You know? And so they kind of get to live out that almost, like, fantasy. And I think it's that what we talk about in ethics is the slippery slope. So it's like you can acknowledge that a student is physically attractive. Or, like, in my case, you can acknowledge that a client is attractive. But then it's like, what do you do with that information? Mm-hmm. Now, do you start to flirt with them? Do you not shut them down when they make, when they flirt with you or they make eyes at you or whatever? And then you, next thing you know, you find yourself like, and they're texting you inappropriately or calling you inappropriately. And they're touching your hand or grazing. Like, it's a slippery slope because next thing you know, you find yourself doing something that, oopsie, it's a problem now. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's, too late, it's too late now. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many better ways to handle it. I understand how she thinks, okay, all these boys want me, but the standard is so much lower. You're, as long as you not, aren't but ugly, little 18-year-old boy going to say, okay, <laughs> we're in a hot teacher's class. It's like, mm. Yeah, and it's it's fun and it's a game to them because they're, they haven't lived and they don't have the perspective to understand why that's a problem. Mm. And when they're older and they look back, they're going to be like, oh, you know what? That was a really messed up situation. Like, I feel like most of us, you get to be older and you think about such like interactions you had with people when you were like 13 and you're like oh that person was should not have been talking to me or looking at me that way or making comments to me that way no not at all so I, my one of my professors mentor a good rule of thumb she told she told us as a class don't do anything with a client that you would be embarrassed about if it made the front page headlines so that to me, that's just a good rule of thumb of ways to always handle yourself. So if you're texting somebody and those texts were to be on the front page of the New York Times, would it end your marriage? Would it end your career? Would it put you in jail? If so, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Well, Miss Carrie White, she's going to be the main one to have her <laughs> news article going. All right. Well, what cool story do you have for us today? <laughs> All right, so this is not necessarily a news story, but as we both know, I like Reddit, and I like to surf Reddit. Love Reddit. (laughs) You catch me on Reddit all the time, and I found an interesting uh, post on 
unpopular opinion. Ooh, I like popular. I think I got something to do. Okay, so I want to. I'm going to read it to you, and I want to hear your thoughts, and then we're going to go through some of like the more popular comments under the post. All right, let's okay. go. All right, so unpopular opinion: adult picky eaters are insufferable and deserve public scorn and shaming. And they say, I can absolutely understand not enjoying some foods here and there. That's normal. But I can't believe the number of people who say they can only eat vegetables if they're fried, must have a certain spice, must not have something simple like pepper, or won't try anything outside of their immediate food circle. If you're lucky enough to get a good meal, and as long as you don't have an allergy or an actual restriction, be polite and enjoy it. What's the point of being an adult if you're not going to enjoy or at least try other foods. It defeats the purpose. What are you eating? McDonald's fries all day for every meal? I feel like this post was like, I agreed with it initially, but then I also felt like they were calling me out a little bit because everybody knows like I hate onions. Yes. And I will literally sit there and pick onions out of something if they're big enough for me like to see them and kind of actively taste them and know they're in there. Like if they crunch, I, I gotta stop doing what I'm doing. I gotta pick everything out. And so, would that make me a picky eater, though? You not liking a specific food is not being a picky eater. Because a picky eater, I feel like, is somebody that won't at least try or eat most things. Yeah. It's like going over to somebody's house. They cook a whole meal for you. Now, I mean, if it's like they got a pink hamburger, okay, don't eat that. Mm-hmm. But if, they, if it's like good, they, they cooked a meal and it's okay, eat most of it. Eat half of it. Yeah. Because I feel like you... You're wasting everybody's time. Like, why do you even cook for you? Why mm-hmm. do you even come over? Next time, I'm not going to invite you. And you're not going to be invited to any of the cool, fun things to do. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you do you agree with the unpopular opinion? I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Being an adult, eat more than hamburgers and fries and pizza. I think having recently had this experience with two picky eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're pointing at me. No, not you. I'll be spending it with my food. Yeah, we were recently out of town, and it was like a family event. Uh, and there were two people in the group who were not only picky eaters, but like loudly complaining about how they don't eat. Like they were like boasting about how they don't eat a lot of things. And so in that case, I do feel like if you're the type of person where you only like to eat chicken tenders and like chicken wings or hamburgers or whatever... And everybody else in your group wants to go to like a Mediterranean restaurant or they want to get Mexican food or, you know, just try something different. Then you as the picky eater, you kind of need to like just go with it, you, you know? To, you need to take your ass back to the room. You <laughs> need to you hey man, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to eat this fancy place. They got a tapas place that's delicious. Yeah. I ain't going to waste, waste my time with you. Or, you know, I feel like be adventurous, maybe try a few things. And it's okay. Like to me, if you try and you don't like it, that's completely understandable. Like, I'm not super duper crazy about Indian food, so I would have a hard time doing that, but I would also maybe recommend a place that I did, like, so one day we could do Indian food, one day we could do something else. Because, like, I think compromise is also really important, whether it's, like, with your friends or your relatives, whoever. But I don't like when people who are picky eaters, like, it's a lot of stuff they don't like, but then they also won't try to suggest a place, like, well, here's where I can eat. You know, no, cause some pig, some piggy just be like, all right, let's go to Red Lobster, and I'm like, bro, that ain't good food, man. I know people like they cheddar biscuits, but that seafood is. Oh my gosh! Now you see, you are a different kind of picky eater where you won't 
eat at a lot of restaurants, and that's a that's a whole different type of you, frustration. Well, what, I would try most restaurants because you will, you will literally turn your nose up to anything that doesn't have like at least a four point three on Google or Yelp reviews. I don't want to waste my money. That's two different things. Like I'm not trying to go in there and. And no, I know I'm not gonna like it. I'm gonna go in there and it's gonna be like the, the breadiest fried shrimp and the the all the seafood tastes stale and old, oh or the steak is dry. Shoot, I'm trying to save us. <laughs> so I see. I think this is interesting because it can be like two sides of that argument. Like on the one hand, you can be you can be picky in terms of like I don't want to try anything new. I'm only gonna eat chicken tenders or french fries or macaroni and cheese or something like that which I do feel like is kind of immature because like being an adult and living your life is about kind of stepping outside your comfort zone trying new things but I also think on the other hand like sometimes you may have a picky eater where their standards are so high you can't really be pleased by as much because it's also definitely been times where we've been like two and three hours trying to find somewhere to eat because you don't want to eat anywhere I just want the best way I, I don't know if the girl trying to get I'm the best like, for my thing. Literally anywhere. I'm, 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 drop, I'm drop you behind off at Denny's to see where you're stopping. Ooh, at. I'm about Denny's. Hey, that's what you want. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think the idea of like the picky eater is interesting because I think that it usually tends to go hand in hand with like other areas of your life where you're not mature, whether like emotionally or like the lifestyle that you lead or things like that, like. Of course, you don't have to be sitting there eating like escargot and, you know, all these types of like exotic meats or anything. Nobody is saying that. But I think if you aren't interested in trying something that's just like a couple steps beyond what you're used to. But some some people are scared. I mean, maybe it's just growing up and not having all those fancy seasonings. Yeah. Like, what the hell is paprika? They're like, I'm not going to try anything that no blackened salmon or anything. But they just... They're scared. They've never seen it before. They're just so... It's comfortable. It's comforting food. And you don't want to go outside your comfort. And I think if I had a client like that and they came in and they were telling me about just like a situation where maybe they got into an incident with a friend because they were a picky eater and it was annoying. To me, that would be a sign of like... Your fear about trying new food is probably like a one-to-one parallel of your fear of trying other things in life. And so it's like, yes, you can take a risk. And sometimes we go places and I order stuff I don't like it. Or I cook something a certain way. And I'm like, oh, that was a fail. Didn't like it. But I think that's a part of, like, growth in life. Because how do you ever grow if you don't stretch yourself? Mm. It's like you never had Brussels sprouts until recently. And now you love Brussels sprouts. Boy, I put me some Brussels sprouts in the oven right now. I wish you would have got some Brussels sprouts. Yeah, that'd be good. Brussels sprout tacos. Yeah. Mess up the game. But imagine where you would be if you just like you miss out on so much. Like if you don't eat this food, then maybe you miss out on this opera like you said, opportunities to like go to these restaurants and bond with people or make connections. It's like so important like to step outside your box. It's to me it's the equivalent of like people who only go on vacation to Miami or Vegas. It's like Miami and Vegas are great. But it's a lot of other cool places to go visit and have a new experience. Just in America, there's a lot of places to go. You keep going to the same place. Go to Dallas or something. Change it up. Go to Denver. See a mountain. Mm-hmm. But it's great. Yeah. So let's see what some people said. Who do talk? <laughs> uh, man. Oh, All right. So 
Oh, and I think this is a fair point. One person said, I'm a picky eater, but I eat whatever is being served. If I'm cooking for myself, though, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. Also, we had a rule growing up that I still go with. You still have to try it at least once. And I think that's so fair. Like everything they said, I think is fair. Yes, yeah, so you gotta you gotta see see what the food talking about because you net you honestly you will never know yeah. unless you try. Yeah, and I also I think it's like stuff that I didn't like when I was a little kid that I've tried as an adult. Like I used to hate mushrooms, mm-hmm. and then I tried them again when I was twenty, and I was like, ooh, I like mushrooms. I still don't like onions. I'm gonna get you there. <laughs> but I think sometimes like depending on how your how your family prepared something, you may not like it, but you may like to cook it. Like you said, you may not like. Like blackened salmon, but you may like it, like, you know, baked with like butter and herbs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that person's point is fair. I don't think like you shouldn't force yourself to eat something that you really truly don't like just for politeness's sake. Oh no! If it if it's, if it makes you feel like I'm gonna be sick if I eat this food, don't yeah. eat it. But if you're just not eating because I don't know. Try it, man. Unless you unless, unless they house dirty. Don't eat nobody's food they house dirty. No, no, no. Yeah, that, that's a different problem, boy. <laughs> yeah, or like, okay, somebody said, um, I'm sorry, I've tried mayo. I gave it a shot multiple times, but I hate the texture and the taste, even how it looks. Well, because so many dishes have mayo in them, I tend to ask a lot without mayo. Hence, um, and arguments happen. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. Because I know a lot of people don't like white sauces. Well, how... How much mayo is he putting on a dish? Because I feel like with, with everything, I don't just like eating scoops of mayo on anything. <laughs> but if you get a little bit spread it on there, mm-hmm. it can add to a sandwich. Like what are the different dishes he's just putting? There's so much mayo everywhere. Some people like white sauces though. Like it's like You're a right, texture my, thing. My uncle don't eat nothing that's white. Yeah, he got a rule. <laughs> this white. Uh, I had I had a sneak in my. Uh, I made some shrimp dip for him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell him there was no mayonnaise in it. Yeah, I was like, shit. Don't don't you tell me. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody says. If you grew up eating canned veggies, I don't blame you a single bit for not wanting to touch another veggie. And that's fair. Like, you never had a good experience because the uh, a canned green bean tastes 100% different than, a, like, a freshly sautéed or roasted green bean. It's not even the same. It's not even the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody said, it wasn't until I started cooking my own food, I discovered how good they can be. Roasted veggies with a little olive oil, salt, and pepper is the way to go. I would say add a little squirt of lemon juice, too. Don't tell our secrets. <laughs> I would never touch canned veggies. Oh no, not unless I had to. Yeah, I mean, if you, if, hey, if, hey, if you have to, you have mm-hmm. to. Everybody, everybody, um, banks look yeah. different. Yeah. But I mean, if you can afford to go into the fresh produce section, please go get some. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I ever growing up, I can't remember really having too many times fresh string beans. Because everybody just liked the can. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, can, yeah, cool. But every once in a while, somebody cook some fresh ones, and I'd yeah. be like, mm, yeah, this is different. I like this. Yeah, and it makes me think about, so we're really big fans of Thousand Pound Sisters mm. in my 600-pound life, and it makes me think a lot about how they say, like, the best thing for you to do is to shop the edges of the grocery store, so you're hitting produce, the fresh meat, the dairy, you know, that, and you're not eating, picking up, like, the... Uh, Frozen foods, the yeah, baby cakes. Yeah, processed stuff. Yeah. And so, I, one thing I learned from watching that show is that a lot of people just go for canned stuff and processed stuff because they don't know how to cook fresh vegetables. So, like, if you grew up in a family where nobody ever bought anything fresh and you had to, like, how do I slice a brus- like an artichoke or a Brussels sprout? Like, how do I cook this carrot? Like, I'm not even trying to be funny, but 
I can understand how you wouldn't. You'd be scared of it. You're like, I don't know if I can cook yeah. that properly, or it doesn't. It it doesn't. I remember the taste of that processed version, mm-hmm. so it's gonna affect how I feel about this fresh version. Because mm-hmm. this, if you can remember, it was a a news video and it had a story of a, o- obesity in children, mm-hmm. and it showed a mother. She was just feeding her kids whatever she wanted, but she didn't know. She thought, oh, that's healthy. I gave her only this much rice and meat, so mm-hmm. that should be good. And then like the nutritionist came, was talking to her, did the same concept about walking to the edges. Yeah. And she was, she was like, well, what I'm supposed to do with that? Can I get that from the yeah. can mm-hmm. section? But it's quicker. I mean, mm-hmm. It's not. It's not her fault. She didn't know. Yeah. She thought she was feeding something healthy to her kids. She didn't realize. Oh, yeah. it has all these salts and preservatives inside yeah. of it. Yeah. And that's just something that I mean, you got you got to learn. You learn that at some point. She was like in her late thirties, so. Hopefully she was able to learn it then. Hopefully her kids can learn it while they were still mm-hmm. like 10, 11 years old. So what's the verdict? Do you think that's an unpopular opinion? Do you agree? Do you disagree? I agree. That should be <laughs> a popular opinion. Just ban all picky eaters. I agree. I think just having recently dealt with double picky eaters in one setting, it was annoying. And so my advice would be if you are a picky eater, that's fine, but take the time to suggest some restaurants to your friends. Like when it's your turn to pick the event, pick a restaurant that you can eat at, and that way you can find something on the menu that's fine, and then you don't have to like sit there and complain or not like I'm not ordering anything because I'm not going to eat anything on this menu. And it's like okay, well, I mean, you just gonna sit there with iced tea all night because like <laughs> we're gonna eat and have a good time, or you don't have to come, you know, but. I thought that was a good topic because we just had some personal experience with some picky eaters <laughs> that did. If anybody can tell, it annoyed me. So I thought that one was really relevant. All right. Um, would you like to move on to your next? Yeah, I'll move on to my next. And you know what? I'm going to read the headline and where it's coming from. And I won't even have to read the story because I think you're going to, we're going to be ready to talk about I it. I think I know what this is about. You, you don't okay. know what this is about. It's not that one. Okay. <laughs> but white woman wins cos- cosplay contest at convention <laughs> celebrating black nerds sparks outrage from the daily dot dot com written by a Catherine Carden. Mm. So as you tell by the headline people, um, there was a a con, a comic con called Blurred. Mm-hmm. Blurred uh, con. Blurred con, standing for black nerds, sitting around uh, um, black people within the culture of. All, I think Comic Con people cosplaying, people celebrating different um, fandoms that they love mm-hmm. from anime to American comics to Korean soap operas, pop culture, movies, Every, stuff. everything. And they had a cosplay competition, costume competition. Mm-hmm. It was 80% of it was supposed to be handmade. Mm-hmm. And during the competition, uh, the winner was all the judges were black judges. And they. Were they? I, when I saw the video, they were. It seemed to be all of a. Maybe we should say people complexion. of color because we don't know. You're sure. right. You're right. They, they were. All, they seemed to be all people of color who mm-hmm. were judging the competition. Mm-hmm. And so happened that they picked a Caucasian female, a white person. Yeah. Oh whoa whoa! From the Caucasus Mountains. <laughs> no, that's not okay. People say white. You, you can't say, say Caucasian. Caucasus. You can't say. Well, uh-uh. When we stop? When was this stop mean okay? We so in my field, it they just changed it like. For like when we write professionally, they yeah. just changed it in October. Okay. Like the new the newest edition of our manual, they just changed it because some people find it offensive and it technically doesn't cover like all white people. So you say white, or you say like European, or you say European American, or something like that. 
So we can't say European American. You can say European American, or you can say white, or you can say European, but you're not supposed to say Caucasian to refer to all white people. Well, people of European descent. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> oh, it's changing every day, but I try, I try to be respectful. A female presenting person of of European oh. descent. I don't know. Her, I don't know what gender she go by. Okay. I don't know if it's a she. They. I think her friend called her a she. So I think oh, hey, was that really her friend that told her to enter this competition in this in this for black nerds? That was her friend, and I would say that was her friend because. Okay, well, I'll, I'll let you tell the rest of it before I jump in. But the point was, they voted. In the contest where you had eighty percent of your costume, her costume was handmade. It was a nice costume. It was a nice costume, and she ended up winning the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much the story. But when you look into it, um, people across all social media platforms were not happy. They weren't. Ha- they weren't the happiest people. Uh, everybody was upset because it's supposed to be a a safe space for black people to come meet. Because so many, so many times in other cons. Black people and other people of color are just overlooked. Yeah. Uh, for the white person, for the person who maybe maybe they spend a lot of money on the costume, or maybe they just they just didn't want the black person to win. Hey, we're just gonna give the comp- contest to them. Here's the pretty white girl with blonde hair. She's gonna win this year. Yay! Yeah. And just to provide some clarity, so con is convention for those of you who don't know, yeah. and uh, for people who like anime or pop culture, horror things like that. They're, they tend to have like an annual convention that's dedicated to like whatever their theme is or the fandom is. I think they even have them for like true crime now, things like that. Podcast yeah. conventions. Yeah, yeah. there's just so many different cons. Some, yeah. some that cater to a lot of broad topics, some that mm-hmm. get real specific, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, Dang. so, and then for those of you who don't know what cosplay is, it's costume play. Yeah. And so like if you go to an anime convention, you're going to dress up as an anime character. If you go to a pop culture convention like C2E2 in Chicago, you're going to dress up as pretty much anything you want to. But BlurCon is supposed to be, like you said, a safe space for specifically black, but also like LGBTQ. Other people of people, color. Yeah. Disabled mm. people. Just like anybody who, when you go to a traditional con, may have like a bad experience of people telling you like, well, this character isn't, isn't black, so you didn't do a good job at it. Or, you know, they just, like, have a lot of harassment. So, BlurCon is supposed to be a space where, like, nobody is going to come up to you and challenge you or bully you for your cosplay. Yeah, it's... Because I, cause I know we, we kind of differed on, was it wrong of her to enter the con- contest or just surprising that all the judges voted for her to win? Because the criteria mm-hmm. seemed off. Like, they said they had a standard that they voted and then they discuss their vote like it's like are you meeting the standard of your vote or are you able to like gain and lose points based on what one of the judges says about you so the controversy was that they had a one of the events at the con was a cosplay contest and anybody was able to enter only if your costume was 80% handmade. Right, right. That was the key caveat um, they had. A majority of the people who entered were black. Um, and then there was one person who was a white woman who entered, encouraged by her black friend to enter, which I think is important to point out because the person uh, made a statement about it. And so the white woman won. Do you know what her cosplay was? It was from a card capture. Sakura? I yeah. want to say that's the, what the anime and manga is called. And so she won because her costume was hand sewn, hand dyed, hand dyed silk. It was obviously like 
it fit in like really well. Like it was tailor made for her, so you could tell it was hand sewn. It was like a lot of love and care. Yes. And it beat other costumes that were, um, I would say craft, not sewn, but they were crafted. So they were maybe like plastic mold. They were builds. Yes, like somebody built like a, a mold, molded suit. It was right. a couple, two different people with that. Had somebody else like a sold headpiece. I can't remember what anime. Y'all really can look at the pictures. Yes. It, All of them were intricate and detailed. And you can tell it was hours of money. It was true investments put into these cosplays, which for some people, they may make, you know, two or three cosplays for a year and they're welcome to a lot of, a lot of different conventions. Like these are, Costumes that are thousands of dollars for some cosplayers. Yes, you can tell like they they all except for the, except for that one that had the dragon Pringles tail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They and, they all spent a lot of time yeah. making their costume, and it was a, it was great for them. Yeah. It was a great experience. It, it it's just done. It's almost unfortunate that the one the one white person that entered in the competition ended up being the one that well won it. I think it's a big deal because a BlurCon is supposed to be something that is welcoming to everybody obviously but also people feel that it's there to celebrate black cosplayers and black fans safely and a place where people can kind of just come and celebrate each other and celebrate that we like the same things number one and number two this is not the first time that a white cosplayer has won the cosplay competition at BlurCon so out of three years two of the winners have been white yeah and it's and it's just it's sad because there's there's so much discrimination, especially in the cosplay community, mm-hmm. with people saying, "Oh, you do a character you think is great," and some guy on the internet, "Well, that character is not X Y Z race that you are." And it's like, yeah. does it matter? These are make believe characters. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's, Superman can be black. He can be Asian. At the end of the day, he's an alien from Krypton. Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to like be dismissive because I definitely res- like totally respect the time and energy that people put into those cosplays. And like, you still have to be brave to like, you're going out in public and you're opening yourself up to pictures and videos. And you know, you don't know if you're going to go viral for the wrong reasons. But at the end of the day, like, like you said, these are make believe characters. And even if it was a real person, like if I'm black and I want to go as George Washington. Yeah. I I mean, it's a con I'm dressed up. I'm in a costume. Yeah. You know, I should be able to do that. But the reason why it matters is because the person who wins the Dragon Con cosplay competition gets a seat at Awesome Con. So it's like the prizes that you win can elevate you to becoming a bigger cosplayer, which people do turn into like money-making professions, or at the very least, you get enough money and publicity to where like you can fund your cosplays. So it is not only just like a title at a you know stupid convention. Some people probably think, but no, this is like exposure. Yeah, this this might be the one year that you at this specifically black event where mm-hmm. you put all your money into for this one time in the last five years, yeah. and then just to not right to to lose. It, it's it's a it's a sad thing that yeah. And I also think it's important to say that like a lot of people who were explaining the situation were saying that people who do hand-sewn costumes at most cons tend to win because people just value the art of like hand-sewing over other things. Like it's still, you still have to have a talent to mold your costume out of plastic or 3D printed or whatever, but it's just among cosplayers and judges, hand-sewing is like, you're probably gonna win if you sold your costume. Yeah, but that, but that that's sad in, in, in the sense that that's gonna that just limits the costumes you can do. Like the whole point of the cosplay is to be super creative. Now I don't want 
I don't want to say 3D, 3D printing is easy or anything because mm-hmm. it, st- it still takes effort. It still takes work. If you don't get it co- collaborated the right way, your piece is going to come out like, like dog poop. Just the bias. I think people have, in every field, people have their biases and their preferences. And I think that's why it's important to have diversity amongst your judges. So you have some people who are hand, you know, they sew their cosplays and they make their stuff. But then you also want to get some other people who do other types of cosplays. So you have a little bit of a better balance and who's judging and who's like valuing the amount of work and effort you did. The other point that I thought was interesting was it said that like once you hand sew a costume, pretty much all you have to do is make sure it doesn't get wrinkled. But when you have any other costume that's like painted or anything, when they really get up close to scrutinize it, if the paint is chipped, they're going to take off points. If a piece broke off, if the glue dissolved because the hall is hot or whatever, like you're more likely to lose points from a costume that's not sewn. I'll, I'll say this. Her costume was wrinkly as hell. It was wrinkly. I don't want to talk bad about it, but it was wrinkly <laughs> as hell. But I also want to... It's silk, though, to be fair. I do want to commend the organizer, organizer for the event. He made, like, a 25-minute video on Instagram mm-hmm. talking about it. Um, he had things to say. He's, I mean, he supported his judges. Not much you can do about it now. Yeah. So he had no choice but to say, hey, got to go with their decision. Mm-hmm. But in, in the larger scheme of things, it, it, does, it is a good event. Yeah. Um... It's over, like he says, over 50 hours of the event going on for, for over a long weekend. So there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. That's only one part of it. But of course, like you said, it can lead to bigger things. But that's only one part of an event that is good mm-hmm. for the community in whole. I think, like, we, and we briefly talked about this off off the pod. But I think this, the reason why, like, a, people don't realize, people outside of the black community don't realize why this touches a nerve with so many black people is because of the fact that we have all had an experience like this where we felt like we worked really hard we gave it our all you know to like maybe get a promotion or win a contest or be acknowledged for something and we had a person who maybe didn't try as hard or maybe had more connections or you know there was some racism or bigotry involved and where we didn't get what we felt like we have worked really hard for and what was due to us, you know? And so I think that just triggers a lot of people when you see like the video, the pictures and the videos of the other people who enter the contest. Oh, it was like two or three of them that I can say they, they look clearly better than her costume. Not to say her wasn't good. Those yeah. just look better just from looking at it. They were equally as good, if not better. Like they probably the same amount of time, if not more time, same amount of money, if not more money, you know, who's to say? Because she did sell her costume out of silk. So I know that that was expensive. But, like, these people also worked really hard. And so if you have two, you have, like... And then, of course, it was the guy with the Pringles can. So maybe he was never going to win. But it was, like, two or three other women of color, two black women, and one um, woman who looked to be Asian. Mystery race, we all know. Who, they easily could have won the competition. It could have been a toss-up between all of them. And so when you're that close, you have to start looking at, like, what was this extra factor? Like, what was this X factor that the winner had that the other three women didn't have? And I think people can look at it and say, oh, there was some bias there, whether it was conscious bias or unconscious bias, because we have to remember, even as black people, we still hold biases Mm -hmm. against ourselves just as a product of the world that we live in. And so... Maybe there was some preference. And it also doesn't help when one of the judges gets online and talks about how don't get in the costume contest with a store-bought costume and a tail made out of a Pringles can and think you're going to win. Like, okay, but what about the other women who were up there killing it? 
Yeah, so it, it, when you make a comment like that, it makes me feel so. Are you saying all their? So are you saying all their costumes were store bought? If, if you don't name specifically, she named the little green dragon, but we can all right. say that clearly wasn't going to win. Yes, right. he had a Pringles can for a tail. Okay, that one costume was bad. But when you bring in those other three costumes that could have easily won, it's like so. Are you you're making the assumption? You, well, you're making the audience feel like well, all those costumes must have been right store bought. And they absolutely like. She made that comment, but then when the pictures and the videos came out of the rest of the costumes, it was like, oh no, there's no way these costumes are store-bought. These costumes are absolutely 80% handmade, which you had to be to even get into the cost the costume contest. And then they also talked about, well, some of the cosplays people were putting up, they didn't enter into the contest. It's like, okay, yeah, but what about the people who did? Yeah, it still seemed like their costumes were better. It's just... It's supposed to be a safe space, and this unfortunately, yeah. for that for that one hour of the event, it definitely yeah. seemed everybody to let the air out the room. For two, and the other thing is, two of the three years of your con, you have a white person who wins, and so the first time you could say they just had the best costume, and maybe they did. Second year, it was a person I think she cosplayed as, as Princess Tiana, and that it was gorgeous. It was like beaded. It was it was amazing. Technic, like just for the, the technical aspect, I understand why she won. Mm-hmm. The woman who won this year, for the technical aspect, I understand why she won because it was like a movie grade costume. It looked it looked amazing, but I also think you have to start thinking about like the fact that this is a con that is supposed to be for people of you know black people, people who are traditionally marginalized. Which maybe she could fit in because she did look to be plus size, so maybe. She wouldn't have won an awesome con because she was a plus size cosplayer and she didn't have the titties falling out the you know out of the bikini top or whatever. Yeah. But then I think that lends to the other part is like, well, do you want to create a space where Dragon Con, awesome? I mean, not awesome con, Dragon Con or Blur Con, you have like people coming in who maybe they don't place it like the majority white cons, and then they come into black cons and they win, yeah. and then that further pushes out black cosplayers because. Black cosplayers rarely win or place at your big majority white cons. Yeah, and it's, I mean, because it, it, it almost makes it, because of course, no, nobody should be bullying anybody Mm-mm. at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody should bully anybody. Nobody should say anybody threats online. Uh, if you can't say it to the face, don't say it online. Yeah. But it, it almost like you were ashamed of it a little bit when you don't post it. Yeah. Because that's a big thing to win your cosplay event. The official cosplay contest winner was not on the BlurCon page. Yeah. And it was it really took a couple of days before the video and the pictures of who won came out. And so I mean I like I don't want to say that she didn't deserve to win because her cosplay was amazing. Well it's good. Besides it being ranked but I think this is like a good idea of maybe how do we fix this going forward. Maybe going forward we have subcategories of you know, best hand sewn, best build, best overall. You know, we have a scoring system that is made open to the public so people know, like, okay, this is why this person won versus this is why this person didn't win. You know, some cons have like categories just for children, things like that. If you want to have a costume based on who got the biggest titties, who got the best body, sexiest cosplay. That's, that's a different type of con. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you see. 
you see who made it on the official account, right? The, the cosplays they were retweeting. Oh, yeah. It was very boobalicious, very bootylicious, which is fine. Like, if that's what they want to, obviously, that's what's going to get more engagement. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's going to get more people there. But at the end of the day, you still got to, I mean, it, that, y'all got to stand by it. No, you can't, can't do nothing but stand by it. Yeah, and of course, like, we talk about biases. So, obviously, certain people are going to just be more appealing than other people just based on the way the humans are wired and what we're socialized to like. But I definitely hope that they move forward and address the issue in the future. Because if I was a cosplayer and I'm like, okay, I got a thousand dollars in my cosplay budget or $1,500 in my cosplay budget. And I want to like enter a contest, debut this, this, this cosplay. And I want to have a chance of winning. Am I going to go to Dragon Con or am I going to go to Blur Con? Yeah. That's that's something true. So I mean, hope that Blur might get one more chance mm-hmm. next year. So people gonna try to show out. But yeah, if I'm a black man and I build my costume, you know, like if I come as a whole mobile suit Gundam, you can't, you can't even you can't even place hell. Like was I even considered? Right, <laughs> and like I have no chance of winning because somebody come up and she got a, like a hands-on Pocahontas costume, like. Cool, her costume looks good, but I mean, come on now, I will never place. <laughs> take take your hand to the mat, take your ass to the corner. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and go where you know I feel like I can get at least a I can get on the semifinals, I can get on the stage, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, that was definitely choices were made. An interesting topic. I think the idea of like safe spaces and who should be in a safe space and when does a, safe, a space no longer become safe I think it's always interesting because you know black people are not a monolith and black people don't always agree on everything so just like some black people felt like it shouldn't even be white people entering into the contest like they should it was like an era like they should know better they shouldn't even want to come in here and enter the contest they should give that space to black people to win yeah I, I mean I want I want everybody to feel like they can come mm-hmm. and enjoy themselves and she wants to mm-hmm. I have no problem with that I still have no problem with her entering the contest. Um, she wants to participate in something at the event. That's good. I want everybody to participate. Yeah. But it's just an event where there has to be a defined winner. It just doesn't seem like her costume was the one that I looked at out of the, the four, in my opinion, the four top yeah. ones. I didn't go, okay, she should definitely win from me just looking at it. I'm not a cosplay expert, but... Yeah. A man's opinion of like mm-hmm. some anime and some, some other fandoms. Yeah, and I think that... I don't blame her for entering the contest. I don't think she's a bad person for entering the contest. I think that it's what I resonate with is like the people being hurt because when you love anime, you love cosplay, you know, you love these characters and you go to these other cons and you experience so much racism. Like the fact that people just like, it's okay to walk up to you as a black, a black cosplayer and like try to pull your, like destroy your costume or follow you around, harass you verbally, physically, because just because you black mm-hmm. and you want to be your, your favorite character who meant something, maybe got you through a depression, through a breakup, like, for a lot of a lot of people, like, the anime saved their life and I'm going to this con and I'm dressing as a character I love and I'm, maybe I'm coming out of my comfort zone or I'm wearing something that, like, my body is not fully comfortable in. For some nerd to come up to you and tell you you need to take your costume off, like, that's devastating. So you finally get a chance to go to this con where you feel like you feel like you should be affirmed here. Like this is your place where nobody is gonna run up on you because those people are not coming to no 
black orientation. No, no, they're not going there. It'd be hands out there waiting for them. Yeah. They got time for that. Or, like, even as, like, a... Because one thing I do appreciate about, like, Dragon Con, Blur Con is that they have, like, very strict rules about even, like, sexual harassment, weapons, all those things. So it's, like, you, like, as a black man, you feel safer maybe having a prop weapon. Nobody gonna call the police on you here. Maybe as a, like a, as a disabled person or, like, as an Asian woman, peop, you we're creating a safe space for you. Like, people aren't gonna try to fetishize you and, like, make inappropriate sexual comments. Oh, yeah, they might do that, though. They try to, yeah, they try to, to limit it though. So it's like a place where we're setting up this place where you're supposed to feel safe and comfortable. And then something happens like that where you're like, ooh, I don't feel like this space is really for me. Like a white person can come in here and kind of like realizing, oh, I can win this con every year where I couldn't place. Now I can come in here and win. Well, hopefully, you know, I'm about to say that, hey, there's always 2022 now. There's always 2022. Yeah. And I think they also had, which I mean, we don't have to get into, but they also had a lot of people who were mad because they were vaccine only to get in. So it's like they already had people mad and then this happened. And so it's well, rough. Those, those two different types of groups that's mad about two different things on that one. It's two different things. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So that was a good topic. That was a good topic. Shout out to old girl. We definitely do not condone bullying and death threats of any kind. None. You should Zero. not be harassing somebody. Yeah, if you're doing that, you need to go somewhere else. Yes, that, 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 you are a loser. Get off the internet. Why are you still there? <laughs> go outside and get some fresh air. <laughs> well, Morgan, what else, what else do you have for us today? Alright, so I am taking us back to Reddit. Ooh, I like that. My place. My safe space. And Safety first. We are going to be talking about a post from one of my favorite subreddits which is called Entitled parents. Ooh. So this Reddit subthread is all about um entitled parents. So it could be the poster's own parents, it could be their in-laws, it could be parents they encounter out in the wild, just acting a fool. Hey, hey, my parents, my mama don't do that. Your mama's not entitled. She's a sweetheart. Mm, I love her. Hey, mama. Listen, I love you. She listening. Hey. <laughs> um. Okay. So. This is about an entitled mother. So the um, abbreviation is EM. So if I say EM, it means entitled mother. Mm. Entitled mother brings her four kids to an adult-only wedding. Wow. She just don't go. So our wedding was, I think this, this thread intrigued me because our wedding was very, very small. Because we wanted a small intimate wedding, but also because of like, you know, COVID and things. Mm-hmm. But also I think COVID's real. COVID's real. We just really wanted well, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I knew I wanted only people there who really loved us, wanted the best for us, were truly happy for us. Not anybody who just like wanted to get an invitation. Yeah, no, I want people that that were happy to see our union mm-hmm. on the on the small but it's at the big stage, on the small stage. <laughs> yeah, like People who have some influence in our life really meant something to us. And I think that's what we achieved. Like, I think even without COVID, we wouldn't have had a huge wedding. No, no, no 80 person wedding, 80 plus person. 250, 300 people. No, no I don't know that many people. There's people that I, I'm, yeah. I met in like second grade. Like, yeah, I knew, I knew them back then. Yeah. And because of that choice, I think there were some hurt feelings. Some people who were offended and some people who didn't like the decisions that we made. And, you know, as a couple, like, it was definitely, we had, we started off with 10, 
and we ended up with closer to 40. So we definitely like made a lot of accommodations to include people after like later on down the line or like we let our moms add a few people in. But I think ultimately it ended up being like everybody who was supposed to be there was there. Mm -hmm. And that's how it felt. And so not only, you know, when you're a bride or a groom planning a wedding, you're thinking about like the the dynamics of the people. Are they going to get along? Do they love you? Do they support you? Do they like you? Before, yeah, fortunately, everybody was able to come together. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed yes. everybody's company. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a good time. We were out yeah. in the pool before the wedding, mm-hmm. after the, days after That's the wedding. Great. Yes. Um, you think about financially, like you're paying for these people's meals. So I felt like I'm only feeding people who I like and who yeah. like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, even just down to you're paying for the invitation. You paying for the stamps for the invitation. You paying for the favors. You paying for their food. You know what I mean? Like, like the fact that we had food and drinks in our room to host people. Like, it's a very expensive endeavor, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like bad to spend that money because you spend it on people you love. Mm-hmm. So it just made me think about like if I had to invite somebody to my wedding that I didn't want there, or if somebody had popped up at our wedding who we didn't want there, how would we feel about it? You know? Well, 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 am I required to? Provide them with items from the wedding. That sucks. Yeah. Because we talked about what if somebody pops up at the wedding who wanted to come, but we didn't want there. And we were like, well, shoot, they ain't going to have no chair. They just going to stand <laughs> or I, something. I go, you know? I, 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 I my head. I go tell them to get up. Yeah. Ain't got no chair Our backup plan was like, hey, if anybody shows up, we'll ask my cousin to politely ask them to stand away. But we got married at like a public venue, so... You know, anybody could have come that wanted to come. Mm-hmm. And so this thread, since we just recently went through the situation, it made me think about it. So the poster says, Opie says, I attended an adult-only wedding, which we also had, adult-only, mm-hmm. for a co-worker a few days ago. The actual ceremony was in a very small church, so it was mostly family, close friends, but the reception was roughly whew, 250 people. Wow. They, they spent money. The reception was at a very elegant hotel ballroom. Not child-friendly in any way. Crystal stemware, expensive. Expensive linens um, on the table, etc. So we, I'm already thinking about how much money they spent. Good for them. <laughs> Shout out to them. A half hour into the reception, a commotion started that made everyone stare. EM, entitled mother, is arguing with the wedding planner loudly. Me being the nosy bra that I am... <laughs> I inch closer to here. Turns out, Ian brought her four young children to the reception, even though the invitations clearly stated adults only. The Ian insisted that her kids, I'm guessing at the ages, but the oldest one looked about eight, the youngest was under a year, were super well behaved, so it was fine. That's what the Ian said. Now keep in mind, this was around 7.30 p.m. Um, The wedding planner was having none of it. She insisted that the children were not allowed and she had to leave. In a last-ditch effort to get admitted, E.M. shouted at the bride. The bride went over and listened to her for a moment and then said in a syrupy, sweet voice, of course you can come in, but your children cannot. She turned on her heel and went back to her new husband. E.M. flipped the nut, yelled about how she was invited, couldn't find a babysitter, etc. Three of the groomsmen escorted her and her kids to the door. That is... Completely the entitled mother's fault. 
She knew that they, for a wedding that big, it hadn't been planned so far in advance. She knew what day it was. She knew mm-hmm. she was doing that the whole time. The whole time yeah, she, she was going to bring those kids to that reception. And for, mm-hmm. and for like, what's your one year old doing up? It's 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 already seven thirty, and if you're just getting there, you know you're not getting back by ten o'clock. You came to my reception a half hour late, so that means we're either the drink you deep into our drinks. We might be on a salad court. You know what I mean, like. Maybe toasts have been made, depending on how you set up your reception. So we we things are going on. You did not already show it up late. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, the, the problem, hey, the wheels are spinning. Like we we're yeah. we're good. We're good. It's not like they were all having a good time. Probably drinking, dancing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, it's too late. First of all, how how dare you show up? Like even if you were invited, you had to RSVP. So you RSVP for one person, and then you bring multiple children. The youngest being one. I didn't pay for food for those extra people. I don't have place like place settings for those extra people. And then you're arguing with my wedding planner. You're making a scene. And then you call me the bride to come settle your argument on my wedding day. Oh, there's no... Just stop trying to do extra work. You knew the rules. You knew what the invitation said. And you knew... Right. It's just the fact that you knew it so far in advance. You had somebody mm-hmm. to bed, watch those kids during the ceremony. Why weren't they watching the kids during the reception or have somebody else? I know I know childcare is hard. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's easy right. to find somebody mm-hmm. to watch your kids, but yeah. it still comes down to the fact like it's a it's a selfish thing for her to do mm-hmm. and just uh just like ignoring the bride and the groom's wants at that point. Yes, I think you definitely said something really important. It's like this is their day. So if they said no kids. And even if you reached out to them, it's like, oh, I really want to come, but I don't have anybody for my kids. And they said no, or whatever the situation is, you got to respect that because that's their day. It's not your day. And the fact that you had multiple kids, multiple little babies, not like teenagers or whatever, who would have just set off in the corner. Like you have small kids who are probably about to be tired and whiny in a couple hours. They're going to be ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. And now somebody has to like scramble to accommodate them. I feel like it's annoying because you did that on purpose. Like, you showed up and you were like, well, what? they're not going to turn me away if we just all come. No, no, no. <laughs> and shout out to that wedding planner for yes. standing her ground. That's some G, that's some G shit. She had to be like, nah, boss. You knew the rule before you got here. That's what you get paid the big bucks for because I'm sure she didn't want to deal with that foolishness. She got other stuff she had to do. Mm-hmm. But she now she playing security guard or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Had to call goons, man. Out there. Hey, tell them, like, they're standing there and say, you're not coming in here. So I don't yes. know what you're going to do. You had to be a, you had imagine being in groomsmen. You got a score one year old at a wedding, <laughs> and, and at that point you should just be embarrassed. Like why are you making mm-hmm. you making a scene of something that you already knew the rules to? You you knew the rules to the game, but you trying to do something else. It's people who don't think the rules apply to them, and then when they find out, oh, actually they do. They can't handle it. Like you could have said, hey, I would love to come to the reception. I don't have anyone to watch my children. We wish you all the best. Here's a little gift off your registry. Sorry, can't make it. Yeah, call it a day. You can't, if you can't make it, you can't make it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Things happen. Life life happens. There's more things more important than that wedding reception at that day. You got if you have to, if you say you can't make because I have to take care of my children. Mm-hmm. Hey, go ahead, right. enjoy yourself, enjoy your night at home. We wish you were here, but we understand. Don't mm-hmm. surprise us. Hey, I got four kids. The youngest one being like one years old. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna cry. Don't worry. Nobody's gonna be complaining. Yeah, and I feel like my issue with that is like people like that who have kids want their and now I say this as a person who's child free. We don't have any kids. Hey. So maybe ask us in five years, our opinion will have changed. <laughs> but 
I feel like when you have children, if somebody wants their space to be child free, it's not your job to to like challenge that. You know, mm-hmm. like if if we have a restaurant and we say no kids after a certain time, that means no kids. Okay. If I have a like a brewery and I say I don't want children at the brewery, that means no children. If I have a dinner party, no children. That means no children. And it's not that people hate your kids or whatever, but sometimes people don't just want to be around kids. And now whether that's fair or unfair or it's biased or whatever, that's still like their choice. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they should be able to set the rules that they want to set yeah this is this is a private event Mm -hmm. nobody i'm not required for you to be here i gave you an invitation i set the rules on the invitation if you can't follow them then you can't come into the event it's the same thing like if i throw a birthday party guys everybody wear blue and you show up in white you can go yeah i asked you to do something you didn't do it yeah we're gonna ask you nicely Mm -hmm. to leave the premises yeah case closed you know what you're doing you like you're trying to challenge like they're not gonna. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the contrary and see what happens. Well, you got embarrassed at the wedding. You got escorted out of a wedding with your children. <laughs> with, with, with your children, making a, a scene with your children. What a lesson to teach your eight year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody commented and said, "They say you only get maybe a minute per guest at your wedding reception. Imagine wasting your one minute with the bride on throwing a tantrum. Seriously." And I, I do feel like that's pretty, I mean, because by the time you finish taking pictures and you try to go up down some water or whatever, you really don't have a lot of time. Like, you're trying to take everything in. Yeah, especially uh, you get a two, uh, 150 plus people like they did. Ooh, you're like, 250. Yeah, yeah. 250. You're, you're not saying hey to everybody. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? And keeping it moving. There's no, yeah. there's no, there's not even a conversation happening. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so some people, but someone said. Um, with 250 people coming, there are going to be a bunch of people who you don't really care about, invites for family and such, maybe even a couple coworkers that uh, just aren't really that important to the actual day and its meaning. Um, the entitled mom was not important. <laughs> no. Yeah, if, if she if she did come, she didn't come. She probably wouldn't. The bride wouldn't have noticed anyway. But she mm-hmm. definitely definitely can't bring your kids. And sometimes, like, I know people don't really think about this because it's like, well. This my that's my precious little angel. But like, if I invite your precious little angel, then I have to invite everybody's precious little angel. And now my my budget has increased because I have to pay for like twenty kids to come. You know. Yeah, and if it's that many people at a wedding, like how many of them had to make sure they had child mm-hmm. care for their children? And if you couldn't do it, this is not the spot for you. Yeah, hey. yeah. It's like, and especially for me being somebody from a big family, you can't just invite like two people's kids and I invite everybody's kids mm. you know then people are offended you got a bigger problem so I definitely understand like kids don't like weddings I know when I was a kid and I had to go to weddings I never liked it it was boring you sit there the whole time the yeah. most exciting part is the food yeah you don't even know what's going on you just want some food and make me a little dance mm-hmm. yeah yeah now if we got married and like all of our friends had kids and they were maybe like eight, ten, they were a little bit older and we had like a we didn't have a um, ring bearer or a flower girl in our wedding, but like if we had more, like all of our friends had kids, then maybe we would have invited kids to the wedding. Maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Put, but, them, put them on the same spot, man. They'd yeah. be right. put them in the back, put them in the crib or something. Throw throw a ball at them. Yeah, if we had a wedding in like somebody's house or something, and there was like areas for the kids to be off to the side. Mm-hmm. 
I would have probably been a little bit okay with it, but like my brother's wedding, there were kids and they were just like bouncing all over the dance floor. It's just like they kind of just they just they just there, yeah, not doing it, just taking up space. And we gonna need mm-hmm. one of them in the face trying to walk by. Them. That's, That's what it. happened. One of the, one of the kids did get trampled by one of my cousins who mm-hmm. shall rename nameless. I think I can guess which one. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think like if you when you, when you start having family barbecues or maybe even like baby showers or something like that. Those are more kid appropriate, but I definitely understand like a wedding. You don't want somebody like I'm gonna sit up here saying my vows and somebody baby crying. Especially supposed to be an elegant wedding, like you said. It seemed like from the description, it was a real formal type of event. And something tells me, based on the way that lady that lady acted, that her kids are probably not well behaved. Something just tells me. If I put one and two together, sometimes I do get three. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, maybe hopefully she gets gets the next wedding. Somebody's wedding. Hopefully her. Somebody will. But yeah. Hey, it was it was great talking to you today. You too. I think we had some good stories. I think we did. Yeah, I hear jamming, jamming on the one, mm-hmm. ones and twos. Mm-hmm. But everybody out there, man, make sure y'all go go to the description, go to the Twitter, go to the emails, the mm-hmm. electronics mails. Yeah. Follow us, writers. Do things. Make it all cool. This is that's a tough one. You got any last words to say? Thank you for listening to episode one. Um, we are going to put out this podcast on a weekly basis. So tune in next week. And if you have any stories that you want to hear us talk about, um, any Reddit posts that you think are nice and juicy, please shoot them to us on Twitter and we will do our best to get them onto the show.